and welcome to Living Word Ministries. We're impacting lives and changing the world. Join us as we dive into the Word of God. Amen. We are ascending. We are ascending. Amen. Our theme is Ascend. Amen. And I believe we've all heard the word Ascend before. And you would realize that it is said in the Bible that Jesus ascended to heaven. Amen. And it sounds so easy to hear the word ascend that we might think is literally he ascended and he just got it to heaven. By yourself, as you sit down there, you realize that if you try to do that, you will still sit or stand or remain where you are. So therefore, it means that it is not an easy thing to ascend. Amen. You see, the English had done it so nicely that it's just a word. But the practicality of the word would constitute so many changes of faces from one end to the other. And before his ascension, he went through so many faces. But it's nice to talk about ascending, isn't it? Because that looks so glamorous. <laughs> but before the ascending, he went down somewhere. Before he ascended, he was down somewhere. Where he was, there was no light. It's the darkest place ever somebody could be. But he went there first. Amen. So I want us to realize that before you ascend, which looks so glamorous, that is nice and good to talk about, there are other things that need to be talked about as well, and they are equally important as the word ascending. Amen. I would want us to um, turn our Bibles to Ephesians 1. And we'll read some few scriptures there. And Paul wasn't with Christ. Amen. We have the, um, how many disciples did Jesus had? 11 disciples. He added on and added on. Amen. But I have picked Paul because Paul wasn't with Christ at the time. And yet, he was a human, just like we are. So, invariably, you need to get the understanding also from, 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 from someone who did not really sit with Christ on the table, but yet had a deeper understanding of who Christ is and what Christ meant to him and how he was able to apply the, the ascension of Christ to his own life. That made a huge difference. Amen. Amen. So, we start from um, verse 9, 1, 9. Ephesians 1.9. Amen. This is 10. Okay, so one minute. Having made known to us the mystery. Amen. See, he's saying, having known to us. Us means I'm included in the us. And I believe we are all part of the us. Amen. And what he's making known to us is what he called the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself. Amen. Who is he talking about? He's talking about God. He's, he's talking about the Son of God. And he's saying that, having made known to us the mystery of his will, that means our Father has a will. Amen. And Christ is there to satisfy the will of the Father. And part of the pro projection in that sense, is he will come to a point where he would then ascend. So in our lives, we should purpose to ascend. Amen. And you would always see that in the lives of, let's say, if a child is born, a child will be a day old, and it will increase to two days, three days, four days, it will be a month. Amen. And it gets to a point where the mothers can tell you, actually, I can say actually, but then, they are, they are in a much better position to say that. They can tell you when the child can, can, can get to the point where the child will start walking. That means the child no more crawls, but the child then arises. And as the child arises, it shows a sign of maturity from one point to the other. Amen. So if you want to ascend, then you are getting to the point where you've traveled through a particular period where you are either crawling, and as you are crawling, someone is taking good care of you. Now, I want us to note one key thing in there. As you crawl, 
right, there is someone who could be your mother or your father or your guardian or the one taking care of you, right, offering a particular service. And that service is a selfless service. It's not the kind of service that then begins to ask questions, why, why, why? Because if a child is born, you will clearly realize that that child is not aware of their environment and cannot control the circumstances around their environment. So they become so vulnerable that they need someone to take good care of them. And the one who needs to take that care will have to offer a selfless service. Sometimes they don't even sleep. When the child is a bit agitated and the child is like so worried one way or the other, they have to find ways and means of keeping that child quiet. They have to sacrifice their sleep for that particular child. And, and before the child gets to the point where the child is able to be on their feet and walk and arise on their feet to walk, it had been a selfless, selfless, continuous service from someone who is making sure that this child will get the opportunity to ascend, to rise up from their states where they are, to move on to the next state where they are able to walk. That you would expect that to, to tomorrow or someday thereafter, you will have a prime minister who you can look up to to take care of us in our country and say to us that our prime, his prime aim, right, is to take care of us through these difficult times. You are not seeing that man from day one where he is saying that I have come to take care of the economy. No. But he has a parent, and that parent had to sacrifice. And that sacrifice is what I'm calling a selfless service. So before you ascend, the first thing you should realize is that you have to come to the point where you tell yourself that you are dead to self. You are dead to self. Yourself does not matter anymore. Who you are as a person would not really matter anymore. But what really matters is dying to yourself and not thinking of yourself today, what to eat and tomorrow, what to drink. That's what he said. But get to the point where you die first. Amen. And Paul is talking about that mystery there. It's a mystery because how then do you expect someone who should more or less have that kind of glamorous life comes and the person is only talking about one thing to the extent where they have to go into a state which is we call a dead state, a state of inactivity. That dead is an adjective. It describes and now it describes somebody who is more or less going into a state where there will be no more, there, there will be no more activity in that state. And why do you think a person should be condemned to that state? A king. Amen. But he wants us to realize one thing. That before you can ascend, before you can move from one point to the other, it takes so much to move from one point to the other. You cannot just ascend and stand there and say you are ascending. No, you can't. I'm just describing a state of a baby. It is the responsibility of a parent to ensure that that child goes through school and why do you think you have to go through school? Because someone has really and clearly identified that you would need to do something in order to make you useful to the society in which you belong. And in that situation, they have to take you through a particular process. And in that process, perhaps, if they eat two balls of kinky, they have to sacrifice to eat one bowl of kinky. Because you've also arrived. Amen. And that is a selfless person who has, then has to sacrifice something somewhere, somehow, that you could enjoy to make sure that you would be on your feet. And when you are on your feet, tomorrow you will also be useful to someone. In Christ's ascension, he had to ascend to sit on the right-hand side of the Father. Why? Because if he doesn't go to the right-hand side of the Father, what you expect, as we call salvation, would elude you. And the enemy will still reign in our lives. But yet... He did not come day one to ascend. He showed us something. And what he showed to us is a selfless service. And that selfless service, you'll find in there the spirit of love. And when you develop that spirit of love, you realize that you have the need to take care. You have the need to take care. You have the need to be responsible for a subject. And in that responsibility comes with so much. And the Bible said to him that much is given, much is required. And the part of the much that is required is your selfless service. 
dying to yourself and not thinking of yourself anymore. Amen. You know one thing, the Bible describes the ascension of Christ, but he went through a process where he was talking about the time. The times when Christ had to go through so much to the point where he had to go and see his father and ask the question, do we really need to continue this project? Do we have to go on? The realization of self is coming and begin to realize that indeed what we had to go through is really and actually enormous. And do we really have to go through it? But he said, nevertheless, what that thing there again? He said, the mystery of his will. There is a mystery of the will of God. Amen. And if you catch that will of God, you will ascend because Christ ascended. Because Christ caught the will of God. And once you caught that will of God, you will realize that you walk in the dispensation of Christ and the provisions that Christ had given. And in that, in that provision, you will realize that one of the key things in there is selflessness. Amen. You see, when two people come together, the Bible says that they become one. Amen. <laughs> but how do you become one if you all want to project your own selfish ambitions? So invariably, there will be no selfishness in the course of duty. Amen. Now, selfless means that you would also have yourself, but then that self in itself, there is another word that has been added there. But that word can stand on its own. That word is less. Amen. If you see the word less, it's me, it means that reducing in nature or a reduction in nature. So if you get the word self, the self is an entity on its own. But if you add a less to it, it becomes selfless. That means you yourself will begin to reduce. And in your reduction state, it means that you have to get to the point where you die. And in the death state, you become inactive. And that's the process in which God was taking us through. To get to us, to let us realize that it gets to a point where it's not about you and what to think. You want to drink and what to eat. And because he said, it's not about what you want to eat and what you want to drink. There is much more. There's a mystery behind that. And that mystery is what, I mean, uh, Paul is trying to talk about and trying to activate for us to realize that for us to ascend, for us to move forward, there is a point where we have to die to self and each and every one of us will have to come to that realization that we have to die to self. Amen. Well, how do you die to self and why should I die to self? Of course, I have to eat. Why do I have to eat? I have to eat, of course, because you need life to survive. You have to eat. Last week, we realized that you have to eat. Amen. You really, what are you really hungry for? Are you hungry for food? Yes, you have to eat, so you will eat. However, there is a mystery. Amen. Eating food is not a mystery, is it? Because it's clearly known. We know that you have to eat. But what then constitutes the mystery? Dying to self. Amen. And it's according to his will, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself. Church, we are talking about ascending, amen. But I'm saying one thing here. If you want to ascend, yes, you can ascend. The possibility of ascending had been made already. The provision had been made already. And the Bible says that if you die in Christ and you are in Christ and you are part of Christ, Christ's ascension is right in you, amen. And we are not talking about ascension of, 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 your, of, of, your, of, your, of your body because you realize that the body in itself ascends. And in the area of ascension of the body is acquisition of knowledge from one point to the other. When you were born in, at day one, in terms of day one, you had no idea of what you perhaps you will be as time goes on. I had no idea of the kind of things I will be able to do when I was one year old. I have no idea. But you know what? I was taken through a particular trajectory. And in that trajectory, it started from day zero. Day zero, somebody was, what, what, do you, what do you call day zero? Because the moment you come out is day one, isn't it? But day zero starts from the conception state. That is day zero. The moment life starts is the beginning of counting. Amen. I say it's the beginning of counting because they can tell when the child will be giving birth to and they can determine that at this day or that time, either you go to C-session or, or you can push and that kind of stuff. Amen. But if you, if, if you realize that, you realize that if the child hasn't gone live, they die. And they said that the pushing is not even that easy. 
and, and, and I have heard sometimes they say that, look, you have to really push and push because if you don't push, the child will die. And you think pushing is that easy? It's not that easy. If you ask them, they'll tell you it's not that easy at all. <laughs> Amen. They go on the pedora and knock it off stuff. Amen. I'm talking about estates that you will be in, that you will realize that it is not about you anymore, but it's about a life that is coming into fruition. And when you become born again, you should clearly realize that it gets to a point where it's not, it's not about you anymore, but it's about somebody out there who has, who has the need for salvation. And if you don't die to yourself and tell yourself, I will have to remain in my room every day, every night, and enjoy the comfort of the heating, you will not realize what we mean. Selfless means that it gets to a point where perhaps you find a natural, ter- a, a natural therapy one way or the other. And sometimes you have to find some of these things to put on your body. That keeps you warm. Because out there, the season is telling you it's cold. Amen. So in the comfort and the confines of your room, it's nice to be in the heating. But in the heating, there is somebody sitting out somewhere, somehow, who needs salvation. How do we get the word of salvation to that person if, I, if I'm so, so, so selfish and sitting in there and enjoying the warmth? Amen. But look, you know what? Before Christ ascended, every season in his life is work. Amen. It is work. And his devotion to the service involved so much sacrifice to the extent where those he came to to, to save, some spat on him. Amen. They spat on him. They said so many things about him. And all those things are not pleasant. But why do you think Christ had to endure? He had to endure because he needed to ascend and he knows the glory in ascension. So the purpose of his life will be established and will be fulfilled. But before then, he had to go through a process. And that process, perhaps, is not that glamorous. Amen. I was looking at something to do with death. And, and, and to simply put, it says, it's a state of inactivity. Amen. And that state of inactivity means that there is no work in there. There is nothing in there. There is, there is no motion in there. Amen. And you have to get to that point of realization and acceptance. That you have to die and get to the point where you, you will be selfless. In that situation, Christ was not conscious of himself anymore. He was depending on agreement between himself, his father, and the Holy Spirit. That he would, he would, he would come out of that state. And the Bible says that if, if you follow Christ very well, you will also ascend. He said that the, 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 the spirit that raised Christ from the dead, the spirit that changed the state of Christ from the dead state to a state where he will be able to ascend is what we are talking about. And that ascension would never happen in the flesh except you die to yourself where the, slave, where the flesh begins to, to be, 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 be... I don't want to say... If you are dead, the flesh is gone. That is correct, actually. Gone in the sense that, you see, the flesh gives the activity. Amen. And the spirit activates this flesh and gives this flesh an activity. Amen. But when you go down there, the flesh is no more in activity. It doesn't move. It doesn't have... have, The state is, is what we call the state of death. It's dead. Amen. But now you need something. You need a power. And that power is the power of the Holy Spirit. And as long as you identify yourself with the power of the Holy Spirit, before then you were dead. The moment you accept Christ as your, as, as your personal Savior, then your state begins to change. From that state onwards, you are no more a child. You are no more at the state's where you need to be fed every day, every night, every moment. 
but you become like the child that at one day or, or, or in, the, in, the, in the process of time, you have to get to the point where you have to walk. Else, if you don't walk, then you have, you've assumed a state that we call a paralytic state. That means you are not able to do things for yourself. So you can rise up and walk. It is not a good state, more or less. Amen. But if you get to that state where you realize that you have to walk, is that state that changes you from one point to the other. In that state, then you have begun the journey of ascension. Amen. If you confess Christ as your personal savior, at that point, what has happened is that the point at which death consumes is no more. You have assumed a state which will then catapult you from one point to the other. And it will put you in a state that will create what we call the ascension. Amen. Now, I think you might be wondering how you will then ascend. Amen. There is something we call inertia. It's a force. Amen. There is something we call gravity. Amen. And then from gravity, you come to the gravitational force. You realize that there is always a force that works in a way that it will bring you down. Amen. So in your own life, there are forces that works in a way that it will not make you fly. It will not make you ascend. It will not make you achieve the purpose for which you are created one way or the other. And you have to get to the point where you have to realize that to go through that phase and become the kind of conqueror that Christ expects you to be, you would have to ascend. But you cannot ascend if you don't assume the state where the power of the Holy Spirit will be able to deal with you to fight the force of gravity. Because in this life, you see, the Bible puts this in a nice way. It said that our battle is not a kind of battle which is carnal. Amen. The battle which is carnal is in the flesh, but the kind of battle that helps you to ascend is not in your flesh. Amen. But the kind of battle that helps you to ascend is in the power of the Holy Spirit. And the clear demonstration of that power is the power that raised Christ from the dead. And in the, in the, in the raising Christ is the demonstration of ascension. Amen. And the ascension is clearly demonstrating that a state which has no activity can then gain an activity. That activity can be gained through the power of the Holy Spirit. So if you don't assume the power of the Holy Spirit, there will be no ascension. Amen. And the Bible says that the, it, is, it is powerful. Now, it is powerful in the sense that it is, it is dealing with forces. Amen. I mean, if we talk of forces, you have a mass and then you have acceleration, that kind of stuff. You say F equal to MA. F equal to MA means that before you can then have a force, you should have a mass and that mass should be able to accelerate. Now, at a certain point, right, the acceleration can be zero. Zero means it's a state where there is no activity. Amen. Is that clear? If you park a car and a car is at one place, what's acceleration? Well, <laughs> if you park a car and the car is sitting here, what is the acceleration? And if you multiply that zero by the mass, what do you get? It's still what? It's still zero. That means there is no force. Okay, so I can have a mass like my weight. I'm 64 kilograms. Amen. So, so if I'm standing here, I'm 64 kilograms. Watch my state. It's in a stable state. I'm not really moving. I haven't gained any acceleration. Right? So am I generating any force? Why? Because acceleration is zero. And any number multiplied by zero is zero. So it doesn't really matter, it doesn't really matter the mass. Amen. And the mass, I'm, the mass I'm talking about is the, the mass is in the body. The body weight is what I'm talking about. The spirit in itself has no weight in that sense. But the moment you begin to move, there's an activation from one point to the other. That activation is within and is propelled by the power of the spirit of God. God said, I put my breath in them and that breath gave them life. And that's what I'm talking about. So you have to align yourself with the power and that power is what God is talking about. And that power has the potency to make you to ascend from one point to the other. 
It's a realization. That's the mystery that he's talking about. Amen. Amen. So whatever puts this in the night, my, my reader is gone. My reader, come back. Don't worry. Amen. I'm still standing. Amen. So don't worry, you stand. Don't be tired. Amen. So be with me. Amen. Thank you. Look, selfless to devotion is the second one. Selfless to devotion. Always ask yourself a simple question. How am I going to ascend? The will of the Father is that we will be saved. I will be saved. You will be saved. Somebody out there will be saved. Amen. And you realize why somebody needs to be saved. You realize why. And in a book of Mark, quickly, I'll, I'll, I'll get that one on board. Our time is fast going, so we have to do. I have to prove that I can work with time. Amen. 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 The key things I want us to realize in our ascension is that one, we have to die to self. So we have to be selfless to devotion, to service, to the will of God. Amen. Amen. And dying to self would mean that you have to sacrifice something. Amen. Christ sacrificed his life. Life is much more important in terms of existing. Amen. But you have to sacrifice a life to the extent where death doesn't matter anymore because you should know that even death, if death should come in, there can, be, there can be a force which we call the power of the Spirit of God which is able to change that death into a state that will help you to ascend, that will help you to even achieve the things you want to achieve basically for yourself in life that which now is and which is forevermore. Amen. Amen. So say, 14 says, Later he appeared to the eleven as they sat at the table and he rebuked their unbelief and hardness of heart. Amen. Why would they? Well, maybe they have not really caught up to the mystery yet. And if you don't catch up to the mystery, it will, be, it will constitute what we call the unbelief. Amen. Because look, naturally, how would you then believe that you can go down there into the grave and rise up again? Come on. I mean, you would, you would have to feel for the disciples because, I mean, they, they, in all their lives, they have seen that people go down there and they don't get up again. They haven't experienced the power of the Holy Spirit working in that sense to change the state of somebody from the dead state where there is no activity to a state where there will be activity to the, ex to the point where then you begin to ascend to defy what we call gravity. What does it take to defy gravity? Because there is a force that is bringing you down. And you are seeing a demonstration of somebody who has moved out of a particular area. And you know what? In the account, they said that when they went there, they realized that the stone had been moved. The stone had been moved. The stone that was there to make sure, right, that Christ will not come out of that place, that stone had been moved. So it tells us clearly that if you, if you want to die to self, if you want to ascend with Christ, then no matter what the circumstances are, no matter how heavy the stone would be, no matter the mass of the stone in that sense, no matter the gravity, of what you want to look at to say that because of A or B or C to give yourself an excuse to say because of that you are not able to ascend with Christ to do what Christ wills, then there will be something wrong because there will be no acceleration in that situation. That means the power of the Holy Spirit is not taking shape to move you from one point to the other. That means your force will be zero. Of course, it's right for them not to believe. Christ understands that. Now, in the devotion to service, he understands that. He understands that the child at some point would have scared one way or the other on their laps. <laughs> and as a child, you beat, I mean, as a, as a parent, you beat the child. The parents will tell you, they have to do something. They do it in love. You wipe. You don't cut that flesh off, but you wipe it. Amen. That means you have dedicated yourself to, to, to a particular cause, knowing very well that the particular individual 
has no aware of their circumstance. And they are doing things out of knowledge. And they are doing it because they are ignorant of the facts of the, what they are really doing themselves. Now, if you are born again, you have to realize that the world out there, for some reason, is not comprehending to the mystery you comprehend to. So you have a duty. Amen. And that's the duty of Christ. The Bible says that because they did not believe those who had seen him after he had risen. Amen. Now, the word reason is the same as ascend. That he has ascended. He has changed his state. What your eyes saw physically is not the beginning of ascension. <laughs> Amen. Ascension started from the grave. When that state of the body was zero. Amen. He ascended from that grave. He moved from that grave. Amen. That means you have to work yourself out of, out of your own circumstance. You have to work yourself out of the things that you think are so weighty here in life that stops you from achieving the purpose of the actual ascension and realizing the ascension of Christ in your life. We all have to come to that realization. That if my work and my pound will hold me back, then I have not assumed a state that will cause somebody out there to come to Christ. Amen. But if I, if I can sacrifice out of the 24 hours I have, if I, if I can be selfless at some point and say I would, I would dedicate at least even an hour or two hours or three hours or four hours and go out there and talk to a soul and tell a soul that Jesus loves you, that Jesus came to die for you, that Jesus in his infinite mercy, mercy forgave you and is ready to help you to ascend from one point to the other. Ascension means changing the state from one to the other. It's an increase in your life from one point to the other. It's a change of state. It's ascension. Ascension meaning that you are, you are, you are, you are moving from one point to the other. That means you are rising up from the state of zero to a state where you begin to gain a certain level of velocity. And that velocity then transcends you up. But you realize that when Christ was going, he left the body behind. Amen. He left the body behind. You have to leave your body behind. The body craves for things. The body would want to eat food. Yes, it's true. So whilst you feed the body with food, realize that what even makes the body craves would also crave. Amen. What makes the body crave is the spirit that is inside you. Because you realize that in that state where there is no activity, you don't crave for food anymore. Amen. So the spirit inside you needs the activation of the power of the Holy Spirit. And when you gain that level of understanding, you see, I say that level of understanding, let's go back to Ephesians. Amen. I'll read fast. Let's go to 15. Amen. Amen. Ephesians 1.15. Start from 19. Ephesians 1.19. And what is exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power. Okay, hold on there. Start again. 19. Yeah. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power? Hold on. I want you to read again. And read slowly. And what is the exceeding greatness? Hold of on there. And what is his what? Greatness of what? What kind of power are we talking about? The power. The power. The power. In physics, there's a definition for power. And we can calculate power. So the Bible, in this context, right, is now telling us something. He used something to qualify. He said, exceeding greatness of his power. 
exceeding greatness is talking about the greatness of a power that would defeat every power. Amen. The kind of power that makes sure that nothing holds you back in anything. So don't ever think that your own circumstance should be a definition of a small area where the power would not exceed in itself to deal with a situation in your life. To the extent where you want to magnify that thing in a way that that thing rather becomes exceedingly powerful than the power of the Holy Spirit. That would be a deception. Amen. And he said, and that is the exceeding greatness of his power. Towards who? Who is us? Maybe we are exempted. Maybe I'm not part of it. But when I read our scripture, and I realize that I am part of it, then you know what? <laughs> it puts me in a different domain. Because I am in a domain where I can fly. I believe I can fly. I am in a domain where I have come to realize that my weight will not be a problem to me anymore. I have come to realize that in that domain, I was talking to my children about the natural domain the last time. In the natural domain, there is a force called, called gravity. And in gravity, there is a force that is defined to say the gravitational force. And the gravitational force is to make sure that I remain here on earth. <laughs> Have you realized that? The force will become so big and magnified that I have to worry about my situation here on earth. What I have to eat and what I have to drink here on earth. But there is an exceeding greatness of power that can also deal with every situation here in this life. Amen. I remember one time I was struggling with a particular subject and I said to God, God, you know what? I don't know whether you are an accountant and I don't know whether you've done accounting before, but you know what? One thing that I have heard is that people continue to confess one thing every now and then. They say that paper, you can't write it once and those who write it once are different and they are this and they are that. But you know what? In accountancy at the time myself, I've never done accounting before. So at the back of my head, how am I going to pass this? <laughs> Come on. But I realize, look, young guys, I realize something. I realize that in the power of the Holy Spirit, it will bring everything into remembrance. Exceedingly great. Exceedingly great. Exceedingly great. And anytime I enter into that lecture, the lecture, the lecturer will say that. Um, Emmanuel, do you want to help us with this? Do you want to help us with that? I said, I haven't done accounting before. And I'm talking about professional accounting paper. That paper is really a tough paper. It's the only paper you can write as an accountant and you don't write anything anymore. So you can just imagine. I haven't done it before. I was meeting it for the first time. But I knew something. I know about his exceeding greatness. And it constitutes a force and a power. And that power is powerful enough to break the understanding of every situation. That no matter how huge and big you think your problems are, there is a force, and I call that force the power of the Holy Spirit. And that power I am talking about will break every power, and every power will come into the subjection of the power of the Holy Spirit. That means there is nothing, absolutely nothing that can rise or raise itself above the power of the power of the Holy Spirit. As long as you know that that power has the potency to raise you up and move you from one point to the other to change the state of zero and move you to a true tragedy that will cause you to rise above every situation. God, in his infinite mercy, would make sure according to the working of his mighty power I had, a, I, had, I had somebody who was then a chancellor and he became our prime minister. He ascended from a chancellor to a prime minister. And in his first speech, he said, we are in difficult times. We are in challenging moments. The economy everywhere in this whole world 
is in turmoil. So we've got to tighten our belts. That's the speech of men. They are realized the enormity and the gravity on the state of our economy. And he's putting it straight to us and telling us it's not going to be easy. They've given themselves some few days. They said that by the end of this month, they would have given us what it takes. When he came on board, he said, I cannot do that because there is a force and that force is powerful. So I need more days. And when I get more days, in somewhere in November, I will come out with what we have to go through. But expect the challenging times ahead. You know what? I have a Christ who never discussed the challenging times ahead with me. And yet, he knows there will be challenging times. And he made provision for the challenging times. And he said, when you hit the challenging times, you are coming to your state of inertia. That state of inertia is a state of zero. Where if you are not too careful, you can't do anything anymore. And all you need to do is perhaps to worry. But I know someone called a savior. And that savior I'm talking about arose from one point to the other. And when he was rising, he was saying something. He said, come on, Emmanuel. There will be a time when you need to know that there is a power that will force you to remain here on this earth. And there will be a power that will separate everything here on earth. And make you ascend from one point to the other. Don't see the things that bring you down. But see the things that rises up. And you've got to realize and identify yourself with Xavier, perhaps. Because the iron sharpened iron. But if you lean on Xavier, right? And Xavier feels the weight. Have you heard something crumbling before? Have you heard a word before? It will crumble. And when it crumbles, you become vulnerable. When you become vulnerable, you all go down together. But I'm talking about someone. He said, for me, I will not crumble. I will not move myself. I will not move my feet from your feet. Actually, I will tie my feet to your feet. And you know what? When he was walking, there's another force called the uptrust force. It's also in physics. And you know what? Peter saw the man walking and he thought he could also do the same. But when he started doing it, he realized that he was sinking. He was going down. And he said, hey, master, come on. I need to walk like you are walking. Are you walking on the surface? I want to walk on that surface. Church, I'm telling us, walking on the surface of the sea comes with so much power and force. And that power I'm talking about is the power of the Holy Spirit. That spirit will defy every force that works against you. And that force, when you defy that force, you will walk as Christ is walking. Where nothing matters. In, oh God. I was just thinking of how he was doing that. And as I was reading, you know, for us that did physics and stuff like that, you know, sometimes, well, you see, the scientists have a reason sometimes why they behave the way they behave. We, we, we believe in forces, right? The uptrust, normally in, in fluids, isn't it? In fluids. That's why we talk about the uptrust. And you see the ship floating, and it's working with a force, isn't it? Else the ship will what? Sink. And that uptrust is generated from within. And he holds the sheep afloat. Amen. God will hold you afloat. Because this has worked on that Lord. He worked on that sea. If you can work on that surface, you would also work on that surface. How do you work on that surface? You need to assume the power that will make you work on that surface. That's why Peter was able to work on that surface. If, that, if not that the power of the power of the Holy Spirit, there is no way he's going to work on that surface. When he realized that it is Peter working on the surface, he began to sink. If you realize your problem, you sink. You know why? Because your problem has mass. And that mass will make you sink. And because you have that mass, if you dip yourself in water, you will not float. You will go down. Except you begin to do other things that the fishes in water normally would do to make them afloat. If you keep your, your hands right straight before you, you will sink. Why? Because of the weight. That weight is what I call the inertia. That inertia is the mass. 
The mass is your weight. What makes you think that you can't serve God? What makes you think that because, because I have to go to work for some reason, because I have to generate... Look, I, I remember when I came to this country, I was, I was doing two jobs. At the point, I was doing about three jobs or so. When I, when I came that early moment, I mean, I'll go to a job in the morning. Not in the morning, actually. That's it. I'll go to... Let's say I'll start from then. I'll go to a job in the evening, and I'll work, I'll work at McDonald's. He's also working there these days. Um, like father, like son, isn't it? I would, I would, I would work in the in the evenings, and then from the evening I have one sweat, so I'll go to one sweat. So you can just imagine. I think we knock off around six thirty-seven, and then from there I, I I just come home and shower, and then from the shower straight to one sweat. So I've I, I've had no sleep. So when I get to one sweat, that is then that I begin to realize that the forces of nature then will kick in. The eyes begins to close. And I'll walk into the toilet, and in the toilet, I'll, I'll try and find some sleep. I am working my own mechanisms. I'm working my own schemes. I'm trying to find ways and means of raising money. I am scheming. So the weight of this life is actually weighing down on me almost every moment. It's taking sleep away from me, but today I sleep. Oh, yeah. I know what I'm talking about. Today, I can decide not to go to work the whole day. And I will not be hungry. Amen. Amen. Why am I saying this? I am saying this because when I realize that I need the power of the Holy Spirit to change the mass and bring the mass to zero and make sure that the things that weigh me down, the things that put me down, the things that take away the love of Christ from me, will be no more. It's in the power of the Holy Spirit. When I realize the power of the Holy Spirit, I realize that success in itself, the way you want it, will not come the way you think. It will come through the power of the Holy Spirit. That will bring everything to your remembrance. That will lift you up. That will make everything so light in the way that you walk, in the way that you think, in the way that you drink. Somebody tells you, I have leukemia. I mean, what, what's the disease itself again? No, 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 not the person. The one that affects the lungs. Leukemia. Pneumonia. No, 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 no. I'm talking about the particular testimony here. Don't give me words. And when, when you identify yourself with something like that, <laughs> you have no idea how it weighs you down. But it will take a deeper understanding of the trust you have in God to know that that weight, what they have been said is with you can be dealt with by the power of the Holy Spirit. And when you assume that state and begin to trust God and believe God that which that man has said is not what God has said, then you begin to realize that your state of worry will change not in a state of despair, but the state where you give glory to the one who changes the situation from one point to the other. And he said he saw it and it was good. And God will see it good in your life. Amen. Church, I'm saying one thing. Selfless to the cause. Selfless to devotion. Selfless to devotion. Trust God in everything. Trust God. Commit your ways unto him. And he will direct your ways. In directing your ways, the invocation of the power of the Holy Spirit works. Because in the ways of God, there is the power of the Holy Spirit. So in all your ways, in your ways, in your ways, acknowledge him that has the power which is exceedingly great to change your state. When that state is changed, you will begin to ascend in the areas where God wants you to be. You begin to ascend in the direction where God wants you to be. And the glory will be to no man. He said, I, your Lord, your God, I share my glory with no man because my power I share with no man. And I will make my power evident in you and the glory of God will begin to explode. And as the glory of God explodes, men and women and, and the world itself will see Christ in you and they will, be, they will begin to give their glory to God. And in that state, there will be an ascension. We are ascending. Everybody needs to ascend. We all need to ascend. We all need to change the way we think today. We all need to come to the realization that that way we think perhaps you go down the grave and, 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 and Christ in his infinite mercy would allow the power of the Holy Spirit to begin to change that state. And when that state is changed, you begin to realize a change of state in your life. I realize a change of state in my life.
when I thought studying and becoming what the book says is the MB it all. But it's not the MB it all. It's one level of knowledge. But there is a level of knowledge that is deposited in the power of the Holy Spirit. Church, you want to ascend? Then I'm introducing to you the mystery of the gospel. The power that raised Christ from the dead. The power that made him ascend is the power of the Holy Spirit. If you have the power of the Holy Spirit, you will command there be and they would be. If you have the power of the Holy Spirit, your situation will not matter anymore. And I believe that as we accept the power of the Holy Spirit, I'm saying the power of the Holy Spirit, you would know that there would always be a change of state and you would ascend as the church ascends. Let's be on our feet. Father, we thank you, O God. We thank you, O God. Let's pray for ourselves. See, in the state of ascension penthouse, you are on gear one, you are on gear two, on gear three. But the ultimate gear is ascension. Amen. So if you're at level one, you need to move to level two. Level two, move to level three. Level three, move to level four. So invariably, there is no definition to the state in which you are now. We can still ascend. Amen. So whichever state you are now, let's pray that the exceedingly greatness of the power of the Holy Spirit will continue to propel us and move us forward. Amen. Let's pray. Father of oh God, we thank you, O oh God. The Lord and my Master, O oh God, you ascend and we also continue to ascend, O oh God. We pray the power of the Holy Spirit, O oh Father, O oh God, in every situation of our lives, O oh Lord. That we will not look, O oh Father, O oh God, on the mass, O oh Father, that weighs us down, O oh Lord. But we will assume, O oh Father, O oh God, your state, O oh Father, and proclaim, O oh Father, the power of the Holy Spirit, O oh Lord, and work with the power of the Holy Spirit, O oh Lord, that will bring everything, O oh Father, O oh God, to the subtraction, O oh Father, O oh God, of your knowledge, O oh Lord. That we will grow, O oh Father, O oh God. O oh Father, O oh God, we commit ourselves, O oh Father, O oh God, unto you, O oh God. We pray, O oh Father, O oh God, the self will be less, O oh God. Now assume the state of selflessness, O oh Father. That we shall walk with you, O oh God, in your glory. We thank you, Father. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. If you were blessed by today's message, why not share it with a loved one? And as always, stay connected by visiting our website at www.lwmi.org.uk. We hope you were blessed.